In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? Welcome to the Sunday edition of St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast that brings you the Sunday sermon after seven days of fine marination in the fridge of our servers to bring out the best flavor. Thank you as always for joining us. You bring this podcast to life from its humble beginnings of ones and zeros on some dusty hard drive, because when you listen or share it with a friend, you are helping in the work of the church to learn to teach and confess our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Today's meditation is titled, Prepared to Meet Him, and it's based on a reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. A quick note before our sermon today. The pastor seamlessly melds the children's sermon with the regular sermon, and it starts out with a rather humorous game of hide-and-seek in the sanctuary. So, my electronic fellow believers, you'll just have to use your mind's eye for this one. Imagine what would happen if your pastor asked you to play a game in the middle of church when you were still five years old. The results are exactly what you would expect. So now, on to today's sermon. Can I have our children come forward, please? I mentioned to an usher that this could go very well or very poorly, so brace yourselves. (laughs) Actually, why don't you stand up? I need two volunteers. That's one, that's two. You guys come up here with me. Now, here's the rules. You can't go in there. You can't go out that door. But anywhere else in this room is fair game. You guys like hide-and-seek? Okay. You guys are my hiders. You guys are my seekers. Okay? You know how the game goes? Turn around. Count to ten. Now what do you say? Okay, go get him. You know, siblings sometimes like just know where the other ones are. <laughs> it's maybe not fair. <laughs> That's one.
That's two. Oh, we got all three. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it. All right. Now, you guys who hid, were you guys scared for these two to come find you? No? Was it kind of fun to go run and, and, and hide and do something silly like that? Yeah, I think so. Did you guys like, you guys like finding them? That's a, it's a fun game to play. The, the point that I'm trying to make with, the, with you guys this morning is that in the gospel that we just heard, we heard John the Baptist cry out, prepare the way of the Lord. And that's kind of like God saying, ready or not, here I come. And when, when we do that it, it, as, as God's people, we don't need to be afraid when we hear that call, prepare the way of the, of the Lord. Just like you guys weren't afraid to have them come find you. You knew that nothing was going to happen to you. And it was kind of exciting to do that. You guys can go back to your places. But I thank you for your, your uh, physical, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Illustration. I, I, I appreciate that. It, it, I, you know, I was reading about that this, this past week and, and just the idea that hide-and-seek is kind of a, a fun game from a psychological point of view. You know, it's, you're, not like, you're not afraid uh, of anything. And where is the fun in the game? You, if it goes how it should, you know that you're going to get found. You know that you're going to get found. Maybe unless, I don't know, you're like the mean sibling or the older brother or sister and told the little one, we're playing hide and seek, go hide. And then they ran off for an hour. <laughs> Nobody found me. Nobody was playing. Um, I never did that to anybody. Um, no, if the game goes how it should, it's that, oh, you got me moment. You know, it's, it's that you got me moment. It's, it, that's the anticipation. That's what, we're, that's what you're, you're waiting for. And in the gospel, like I just said, John the Baptist cries out, prepare the way of the Lord. And that is the same as ready or not, here I come. It's a cry of joy with only the faintest hint of warning. And we're reminded during the season of Advent that we have a God that is constantly looking to find us. He's constantly out to go and get His people wherever they will be. He will go to any lengths to reach them. He'll bury mountains. He'll fill in valleys. He'll rend the heavens in order to, to draw us to Him, to get us back. And the thing is with this reading, I think sometimes it gets misconstrued because not really any of the readings today emphasize our preparedness. You know, it's, it's not as though God says is looking down from heaven and is saying, okay, uh, looks like they're ready now. Looks like they're prepared now. I'll go and get them. Now, the mindful, mature Christian recognizes that we are sinners and that there's really nothing that we can do to prepare ourselves, that if we do have one thing that is in abundance, it's the guilt of our sin. If we have one thing in abundance, it's numerous hiding places that we often like to go to, if you know what I mean, our sinful natures. And John's call in the wilderness here is a call to God's people to come out of hiding. 
The Lord has found us. We need not fear him. He seeks to comfort. He seeks to forgive that to remind us that you are prepared to meet him. He came here to be one of us. He came here to be one of us, to stand with us, to be numbered with us, even in spite of ourselves. And that's gospel, pure and simple. When John the Baptist is found in the New Testament, on the pages of the Gospels, John the Baptist is really an Old Testament figure. Indeed, he is the last. I mentioned this to some of you in class over the last week. John the Baptist is really the last Old Testament prophet. He is the last guy who is standing there pointing the way, saying, the Savior is coming, Jesus is coming, prepare the way of the Lord. He's the last one that's pointing ahead. And we, we see this from his appearance. I mean, he even looks kind of Old Testament. He's wearing camel's hair and a leather belt and he's eating bugs and honey and, and his hair is all grown out. That was uh, something that was indicative of um, you know, just your random facts for the day, I guess. Uh, um, trivia knowledge. Uh, John what was, uh, was what you would call a Nazarite, which was a specific vow that was found within the Old Testament ceremonial law for people to take upon themselves either for their whole life or for just a short time. Now, John the Baptist had most likely had this his whole life. Um, it was his whole life. It was a lifelong Nazarite vow. And it was something that set him apart and marked him out as a prophet of God. In fact, it, 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 he's, he's, he's the last guy. He's the last guy who was pointing that finger forward towards the coming Savior. And this is where Mark begins his Gospel account. And it's fitting that he does this. It's fitting that Mark begins with the quote-unquote last Old Testament prophet. The one that as people were going out into the wilderness, they recognized this man is a prophet. But one thing that, that Mark also does, if you're looking at your, your Gospel uh, sheet there, is, is who does he connect John with? He connects him with Isaiah. And reminds us that before John even, there was Isaiah. Mark quotes um, this connection with Isaiah and John the Baptist. I'll send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And those words simply announce God's intention to come to his people. And God gives direction as to the way in which we are to be prepared too here. By who? By by the people God wants to visit? No. By God's own servants? No. God doesn't say, tell the people to get ready, and when they have done so, then I will come to them. No, this is ready or not, here I come. Prepare the way of the Lord. I'm coming to my people, whether they are ready or not. And it, this might sound a bit extreme, but that passage has the, the same kind of desperation. Prepare the way of the Lord. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. These words in that, that section out of Isaiah that I read in the first lesson, comfort, comfort my people. All of those things are kind of tied together in a little present here this morning. 
And this might sound a little bit extreme, but these words of God have the same kind of desperation and the same urgency and the same feel as might be said by a wounded lover. I will get to my people. Nothing will keep them from me. Tear down the mountains. Fill in the, in the valleys. Make the rough places smooth. Whatever it takes, I will get there to them. And so Mark announces that this is God's plan. This is God's plan for His people. John the Baptist is the Lord's servant meant to prepare the hearts of God's people. And he's offering this baptism of repentance as a type of, you got me, Lord. You found me. Sinful as I am, I am shocked by your persistence, astounded at the lengths that you've gone to rescue even me, surprised beyond belief that you found me in my darkest moment, in my deepest hiding place, and I'm almost sickened that you would take me. Or even that you sought me out to begin with. It's also beyond fitting where John is baptizing. Where is he at? He's in the Jordan River. What was that known for? It wasn't some big, great, special river like the Tigris or the Euphrates or the Nile. It was a little trickle of water and more often times it was brown more than it was crystal clear and flowing. But what did it mark? What was it famous for? It was the last barrier between 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and the promised land. When they crossed those waters, when Israel crossed those waters, they knew that God's promise to them was about to be fulfilled. You see why John is standing there. Why he's doing this in this, in this place. What, what had happened there uh, eons ago? I mentioned this uh, in class not too long ago, but who led Israel across the Jordan? It wasn't Moses. Who was it? Anybody know? Joshua. And that name, Joshua, is the Hebrew, Yeshua, and that's the same name as Jesus. In the Joshua of the Old Testament, you have a picture, literally a guy with the same name as Jesus who leads His people into the Promised Land. And this is what John is saying. God's about to fulfill His promise. He's about to fulfill His promise to His people. It's here. It's on the doorstep. Only this time it's not Joshua leading a nation out of 40 years of wandering and whining and complaining in the wilderness. It's God who is leading everybody. Everybody to the promised land. And it's not the Joshua of the Old Testament. It's Yeshua of Nazareth. Mary's son. God's son. The son of man. Now He is coming. He will lead His people to a different promised land. Not one that will be built up with brick or mortar or stone, but one that is in heaven forever. 
untouchable. I mean, you can, you can hardly separate the, the idea here of what John is doing and Jesus' baptism that is going to follow this immediately, where we see heaven ripped open wide, God the Father speaking down, this is my Son whom I love, with Him I am well pleased. All of that is just like, it's, it's like water in a wet paper bag. It's ready to break. All of that is ready to come pouring out. Jesus is coming. He will be a human being. He will step into that water for us. To lead us. To show us that God does not despise the human race, but rather seeks to go to the most extreme, unimaginable lengths to bring us all back to Him. On a personal note, when I feel guilty, and I know that I have sinned, fallen short as a father or a husband or a pastor or a friend, this personally is where I go. To know that God doesn't despise me, that He does not hate me, rather the incomprehensible opposite, that He loves me with a love that I can barely understand, a love that He told me that He has for me when I cross the Jordan. A love that He repeats whenever I receive the Lord's Supper. And not because of my own readiness or my own preparedness, but rather because of His promise. And if He calls and says, I am coming back, if He calls me home tonight, I, I need not fear because of this one singular fact, and neither do you. We are prepared. We've got a God that loves us. You still might be wondering, well, what about Peter's words about being prepared and living godly and holy lives? Well, how do you tie all that into this? John's advice here is be baptized, repent, believe the word. Weird. <laughs> it's no different than it is right now. This isn't law, this is gospel. The Lord will come back or he will call you home. Either way, that's fantastic news. In all of those things that strengthen our faith and build us up to live in this wilderness of sin, the Word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, it's in those things that God calls us and tells us, I am coming back to recall our own crossing the Jordan moment, to meet with the One who will lead us into the promised land at the table. It's not gospel. It's more of like, a, why wouldn't you want to go do those things? Why wouldn't you want to do that stuff? You, you need not fear God's call. Prepare the way. I'm coming. Ready or not, here I come. Just like kids playing a game, we don't have any need to be afraid of that call. Because this is our place to turn to, and that's what repentance is. Repentance is simply turning away from sin and turning back to the Lord, knowing that the Lord in grace came to us once. He will come to us again. And He even continues to come to us now. And this is what Advent is really all about. That it doesn't matter if you're five or 105, your God comes to you. This is what Advent is all about. Never, dear Christian, never lose sight of the fact that God loves you more than you can comp possibly comprehend. That He is the one that has gone to indescribable lengths to chase you down and bring you back no matter where you found a hide, no matter where you've gone. That Jesus was made like us, indeed as we should have been. He was made to be sin. 
that we might be righteousness. God called Him what He was not so that we might be called what we are not. God looked at Christ and says, He is the one that wandered and and went astray. He is the one who hid. He is the one who didn't trust. He was the one who was forsaken so that we might be found. He was the one that God considered caught unprepared so that you and I might be considered prepared. And it's in that promise of God and the lengths to which He has gone to meet us that we know that if the trumpet of the archangel should go to, should blast right now or today, or if you should meet the Lord on your way home or tonight, you are prepared to meet Him. We are prepared to meet Him. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday divine service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look at the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.